Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 4, 2021. And today we're reading from the big book, More About Alcoholism is the chapter. And uh, we're on page number 35 on the first paragraph, reading only that paragraph, and it begins with what sort of thinking. Today's readers are Barb W. for the steps, Margaret D. for the traditions, Renee A. as reader number one, Janice P.M. will be closing us out, and Christina J. is backing us up. Our newcomer greeter today will be Susan H., and our second hour host is Leslie W. The reference numbers for Wednesday, February 3rd, are as follows. 7 a.m. meeting, Eastern Standard Time, is 16,323. That's 16323. The 10 a.m. meeting is 16,324. So that's 16324. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 steps. Hi, Barb W. from Naperville, Illinois. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Barb W. I'll now ask Margaret D. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Margaret D. in Georgia. 
um, and I'm grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater. The 12 traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA, group, OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Margaret D. All right, well, this is how the meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that you sh your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you'll press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the chapter more about alcoholism in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're on page 35. We're reading the first paragraph only that begins with what sort of thinking. I will ask Renee A. to begin re reading. Good morning, Renee. Good morning, Jen. Glad to be here. This is Renee A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. What sort of thinking dominates an alcoholic who repeats time after time, 
the desperate experiment of the first drink. Friends who have reasoned with him after a spree which has brought him to the point of divorce or bankruptcy are mystified when he walks directly into a saloon. Why does he? Of what is he thinking? So whenever I was uh, reading over this paragraph, just kind of looking at it, uh, first of all, I was struck by the fact that this paragraph is, is a perfect description of the mental obsession, of course. Um, in fact, you know, there are a lot of different alternative titles for this chapter. Uh, more about the mental obsession, um, you know, seems to fit here. So once again, I mean, this is just a, a quick, short uh, illustration of what the mental obsession looks like. Um, you know, the first thing that I see when I read through this is that word dominates. And, you know, I, I kind of piddled around in the dictionary, looked that up. It talked about, you know, a thought that controls all other thoughts, um, but also something that is of primary importance above everything else. And, you know, I, I just so relate to that um, when we're looking at uh, the mental obsession because, you know, it was my, my experience that um, that thought was, irresistible and at once became, uh, you know, my primary focus above everything else. Um, the other thing I, I look at, too, is, is that word desperate. Um, it is a desperate experience. It's complete insanity um, to uh, play around with, um, you know, some of the things that I've played around with food-wise and behavior-wise. I mean, you know, I had ample proof that those things didn't, uh, you know, that it never ended well. Um, and yet, you know, I, I've been in one desperate experiment after the next, after the next. The other word I think that jumped out at me too, because again, we're talking about thinking, is that word reasoned. Um, and, you know, friends and family tried to reason with me. Heck, I tried to reason with myself. But, um the thing is, when we're dealing with the mental obsession, there is no reasoning. It's not a logical thing that happens in my brain. And so the, the answer to, to why does he or why does she, um, if, of what is she thinking, the answer is I'm not thinking. Um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not in my logical, rational mind. The, the mental obsession is taken over and I'm in complete and total control. And this book and my experience tell me that the only way for me to be rid of that today is for me to have a relationship with a higher power that can solve that problem for me because it's completely unsolvable by me. Uh, and with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Renee A. from Tulsa, Oklahoma, kicking us off this morning. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on what was read today? Claire, can you pay? Clara, you're going to need to dial back in. Your line is really um, scratchy, but I'll go ahead and put you down if you'd like. Lynn F. Lynn. On. Ed. On. Joel B. Joel. 
and I didn't hear who was after Joelle. Can you say your name again, please? Teresa P. Teresa. Thanks, Teresa. We have room for another. Anyone else? Amy G. Amy. All right, we'll get started with you six. Um, and then I think uh, Clara E. is going to be dialing back in. And on, you are a little scratchy too. So we'll just make sure we have clear lines before we get started. I have Clara E., Lynn S., On M., Joelle B., Teresa P., and Amy G. Clara E., did you get dialed back in? I did. Is that all right? Can you hear me? Absolutely, much better. Thanks for making the effort. Oh, Go brilliant. Right ahead. Oh, no worries. No worries. Thank you so much uh, for hearing me. Thanks for your service. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cornwall in the UK. It's obviously a, an Atlantic problem today. Um, so, yeah, uh, what, what sort of thinking? Um, I really love that first share that opened us up because, you know, it's just told us in the previous paragraph that, you know, that the mental state that precedes my relapse is, is the crux of the problem. Um, it's not the food it's it's my it's my brain um and you know it's um the mental obsession i i'm a i'm a person who's had a, a lot of experience with relapse over the years in oa and um i think you know i got i got that i was physically powerless i got that the food did something to me that i wasn't normal that one drink or one binge you know one one chocolate bar whatever it was that was not going to be enough for me um i don't think i even wanted one of anything i didn't try to control it like that i never did but what i was trying to do every single time was a desperate experiment of the first binge i just wanted to be able to switch it on and off i wanted to have a binge one day and click back into the program the next and um, you know that sort of thinking. Um, you know, my my brain would sort of go, well, you know, sort of, I'll start tomorrow. You know, I'll start next week. I'll start on the first of the month. I'm going to get back to OA soon. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I need a new sponsor. Um, you know, that was my sort of absolutely crazy thinking. And um, and as has been, you know, what's really changed for me on uh, since I've been back and abstinent for the last three years or so, is that um, you know that thing that I've heard shared that. Step one isn't don't eat, don't eat, don't eat. Step one is I am absolutely going to eat unless I have a spiritual experience. I have no defense against that sort of thinking. You know, once that crazy thought is in there, even if it's a tiny little earworm, it will overcome and dominate all other rational thought. And I've been at that point, of, uh, not bankruptcy, but divorce. You know, I've had massive arguments with my husband. Um, one of the things that really brought me to my knees with my eating disorder was the rage that I used to get when I was in the food, that sort of uncontrollable emotional outburst. Um, and, you know, we'd have these enormous great big rows. We'd just about get ourselves back on track again, maybe a day or two later. And, you know, bang, I was back in the food again. The very thing that caused me to be in that position in the first place, you know, an absolute failure of the sort of defense that, you know, that, that, that putting your hand on a hot stove over and over and over again. And, you know, that is the thing that's going to kill me. It's not actually the physical allergy that's going to kill me, although it will once, you know, physically once I'm in it. But it's that mental obsession that gets me back into the food over and over and will do now, even now, unless I have a spiritual experience, because my brain cannot overcome my brain. You know, my thinking will not sort out my thinking. I cannot solve the problem with the problem. And, um, you know, thank God I, 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 for today, you know, I have 
that that's acceptance at depth that that is the case i can't do it i am powerless over my brain i'm powerless over my thinking i'm powerless over my mental obsession and um, and i need spiritual help and that comes with the rest of the steps and um for that knowledge and that that experience and that, that program in my life and the people that help me with it and my higher power i am infinitely grateful because i don't have to go walking back into that saloon today um and i will leave it there thank you Thanks, Claire E. Up next, we have Lynn S. followed by Ann M. Good morning to you, Lynn. Good morning, fellows. This is Lynn F. Recovered in Pennsylvania. Grateful to be on the line this morning. What sort of thinking dominates an alcoholic who repeats time after time the desperate experiment of the first drink? Well, for me, it goes back to page 31, every form of self-deception and experimentation. I try to prove myself exception to the rule. Therefore, not. Lynn, I think we've lost you. Lynn S., press star one. Up. We lost you there. Are you back? Okay, Lynn. Yep. Uh, Lynn. yep. Can you hear me? Um, I can hear you again. Go right ahead. Start speaking and let's Thank see if it you. works. All right. Very good. I'm having difficulty. So what I was saying is that my mental, um, my thinking in the food uh drives me to the form of 265 pounds. You know, uh, people don't, uh, doctors reason, friends reason. My mental obsession um, outside of recovery looks like I don't know what meal is first or second or third. Life is disorganized. Relationships are broken. It's only in these rooms where I hear people that relate to me in the way that I'm unrelatable. You know, that I'm eating when people are going to bed. I'm eating the crust off my children's food and calling it a meal. These are the things, these are the experimentations that I think are no big deal. Uh, but they they drove me to oblivion. And I'm grateful that I can dial in and be a part of this fellowship and recover one day at a time. So thanks, and I'll pass. Thanks, Lynette. Up next is Ann M, followed by Joelle B. Good morning to you, Ann. Hi, Jen. This is Ann M here from Ireland. Can I be heard? Yeah, you're coming in kind of yeah, quickly, too. Yeah, Okay, okay let's, let's take you off. try it and see what happens. Okay, can you hear a little bit better? Go right ahead. Let's see. Is that a bit Okay, thank you so much, Jen, for your service. This is Ann M here from Ireland, Recovered Compulsive Outreacher. Yeah, Ann, uh, sorry. so grateful. You're breaking up. Shoot. How about okay. this? I'll go on to Joel B, and then you dial back yeah. in, and we'll get you in the lineup, yeah, my sure. friend. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Jen. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Joel. Good B, morning, everybody. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my name is Joel B. I'm from Illinois, and I am a compulsive overeater and a- addicted to food. I was driving out um, the other day. It's very snowy here in, in Illinois. And I thought, well, I didn't eat yet, so I'm going to go get a breakfast burrito. And instead of going to get a breakfast burrito, which is 
who knows what's in it. <laughs> I, I prayed. I said, God, don't let me turn into here. Don't let me turn into here. And I, I, I skipped it and I went home. And I was so grateful because I had healthy food at home. Now, when I was, every diet that I had been on, you know, I would tell somebody because I was so um, proud of myself to even go to uh, be on a diet. And as soon as I ate something wrong, I had an audience that would, you know, put me down. I thought you were on a diet. I thought this and I thought that. And you're not supposed to eat that. Are you supposed to have that? And I got so hurt. And I said, I will never tell anybody again that I'm going on a diet. For every time I I would start to say, well, I think I'll make uh, cupcakes today. Wow. Why do I make cupcakes today? What reason do I have? No, I have no company. Nobody's coming over to eat cupcakes. And I really prayed and I said, Lord, get my bad thinking out of here because this is crazy thinking. This is insanity. And after time after time, it is desperation. And it's like the first chocolate, the first um, candy bar or whatever, whatever it might be. And I just, I just said, no, I can't do this. I'm on a, um, a journey to be healthy and to, for the first time in my life and, um, lose that weight and get my blood sugar down. That's a killer. So I, I felt that it was poison if I even went in there, although they were acceptable food, but not for me, not for me at all. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Joelle B. Up next, we're going to try on M. Did you get dialed back in, my friend? Yeah, I'm back, Jen. Can you hear me okay? Oh, you're still crackly. Try it again. Um, try. There's line okay, gremlins so. today. I just know it. <laughs> Okay, sorry about that, Jen. I'm really sorry, but uh, great to, to get back in on the line. And uh, I'm Anne M, recovered compulsive overeater from Ireland, and uh, grateful for your service and for everybody on the line. And yeah, what a powerful, powerful paragraph. You know, what sort of thinking? And it's this thinking, thinking. It's that part of the mental obsession, you know, that just proceeds on to taking that first drink again. And, you know, it dominates. Dominates is a really strong word for me. And uh, it's all, you know, about the mental obsession, the powerlessness over the food once we take it in, and then the, the you know, the, the powerlessness over my thinking. Um, and that's, you know, that mental defense, that mental defense that must come from a higher power. Um, and I just think, you know, it's the part as well here where it says repeat time after time. It's just that vicious cycle that, you know, once I, once I pick up, I'm in the food. And once I am, you know, anyway, at all out of the food without a higher power, I will, my mind will take me back. And it's a desperate experiment. Oh, my God. Experiment is such a dodgy word for me. And it will not um, end well. I hate to yeah. stop you. It's so broken up, and I want people to hear your complete share. I'm so sorry. I hope you will yeah, dial back fine. in. I'll pass. It, we, I'll pass. It, yes, thank you. We just have lying gremlins today. That's what I'm going to call them. It's, you know, Thanks it's not so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Sorry about that this morning. 
All right, up next we have Teresa P. followed by Amy G. Good morning, Teresa. Hi, I'm I'm Teresa P. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Go right ahead. Okay, great. All right, well, here we go. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful that um, I get to hear the big book talked about paragraph by paragraph so that I get to hear all these incredibly important things. I mean, it's a simple idea. You know, it's the mental obsession. Why can't I get it? Well, it's simply a part of the disease. I have a disease, an allergy of the body, and an obsession of the mind. And, you know, okay, I'm just crazy. What can I say? It's okay. I'm sick. This is how the disease works. And the only relief I have from uh, my disease is is a spiritual strength, um, you know, a power greater than me, which I choose to call God. So God does for me what I can't do for myself. But what I can do for myself is work the program. That's what the steps are there for. And um, that's what uh, what I get to do, you know, and it gets to be explained. And I need to explain to me, and I need to hear about it daily, just as if I were diabetic and needed to take insulin. Now, if I'm, and I, by the way, I wanted to be diabetic. I thought if I could just be, a, uh, have diabetes, that I would never eat the sugar because, of course, that would kill me. Of course, now I realize I would have just have been dead or extraordinarily miserable because I would have eaten the sugar anyway because I am powerless. I'm powerless over my disease, obsession of the mind, allergy of the body. And uh, what I, but what I have is the gift of recovery on a daily basis, a daily reprieve. So it's working the steps, you know, and what helps me work the steps is, you know, being in program and working these steps. I, I love that daily 10, 11, and 12. Doesn't mean it's easy. And also, it doesn't mean I like to do it because one thing I have learned in program is that liking is not required. And that's, that's another great relief. I don't have to like to do this stuff. Now, sometimes I do, and I get a great deal of enjoyment out of it. But sometimes it's just plain hard work. I just don't want to do it. But I get to do it because what happens if I don't? Mental obsession, allergy to the body. But it's the mental obsession that's the worst part. It's always going to drive me back to the food. And it, and it always did before. And I tried so hard, prayed to God, and, you know, and nothing Nothing worked until I got into program. And I believe that this is where God wants me to be. And and it is truly a great gift and a great gift that I get to share with others. Because I thank God for step 12, because if I don't share it with another uh, compulsive overeater, then I'm back to the food, back to hell. And so, you know, the disease is signed to kill me, allergy to the body, obsession of the mind. I can't stop if I pick up, I can't stop, and then the mental exception will always drive me back. But recovery, you know, will always bring me back. Like that, I, what I get to do is just keep doing it. 10, 11, 12, you know. Say my daily defects. I always have that selfishness, honesty, resentment, and fear. And then I always need step 11, you know, reveal myself to God and just wait and be there as God fills me and helps me 
deal with everything in life. And then step 12, share it with other compulsive overeaters, others in pain, and just plain old regularly, regular people. They don't have Science. to have to just. Thank you. Because, you know, everybody's in pain, and we all need that service. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Teresa P. All right, before Amy G. shares with us this morning, if you just woke up and you're just opening up your big book, we're on page 35. We're reading uh, more about alcoholism. We're on that first paragraph, what sort of thinking dominates, and we're reading that one paragraph only. Um, I'll be taking some names after Amy. Go ahead, Amy. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jen. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from uh, Maryland. I'm so grateful to be here. So what sort of thinking dominates? I really believe that Bill chooses his words carefully, and I love to look up specific things up in the dictionary, and dominate to me comes up as to rule or control by a superior power. So what superior power thinking dominates an alcoholic or a compulsive overeater like me time after time? And like others have said, it's just clear insanity. I mean, again and again, you guys hear me say step one in the AA 12 and 12 is as we have warped our minds, warped our minds with such an obsession for destructive eating that only an act of providence, and to me, providence is the 12 steps and God, higher power, can relieve us of it. It's that insanity. The mental obsession drives me there and the physical allergy keeps me there. It's a vicious cycle and around and around and around we go. The hell and torture of compulsive overeating. And it says here, friends, you know, who have reasoned. Well, the problem is, and I have to smile at it because, I mean, or laugh now because the reasoning doesn't apply. If I'm insane in my thinking and my insane thinking dominates me, to the point that it is superior, it takes control over me. Reason and logic doesn't apply. So my friends see what compulsive reading is doing to me, but what they don't understand is what it's doing for me. And, you know, again, why do we eat? Because we're restless. I'm restless, irritable, and discontent until I can again get that sense of ease and comfort that comes at once from taking a bite, a bite that we see others taking with impunity. And what's so cunning and baffling to me about this disease is that, you know, reason and logic may work in all other areas of my life, right? I can be reasonable. I can be talked to. I can have reason myself. But when it came to this area of food and compulsive eating, all of that reason, all of that logic, all of that intellect, all of that willpower, willpower was, was not sufficient to combat my disease, my illness, of compulsive overeating. And it said, you know, we talked about it in the prior paragraph, how then shall we help our readers determine to their own satisfaction whether they are one of us? And, you know, when there's a question there, I have to ask myself, is my thinking insane? Has it been insane when it comes to my compulsive overeating? And someone was saying earlier, sometimes there's, there's no thinking. You know, of what is he thinking, question mark, is the end of this paragraph. How many times did I find myself five bites into a binge, banging on the open refrigerator door going, how the hell did I get here? That to me is the crux of the problem, the mental obsession. What drives me there if I know it's still killing me? And to me, that's, that's the ultimate issue of powerlessness, the ultimate issue of step one. At some point, I have to choose to say, I have this mental obsession. 
I have this physical allergy. It will kill me if I can't, because I can't fix it on my own. So what am I to do? And I have to choose to make that decision to surrender to what these 12 steps have to offer and in whom the problem has been solved. I don't need to fix, I don't need to create the answer. You all have it. It has saved my life. It has saved my life and transformed me. And I'm so grateful for you all today. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Amy G. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who would like to share on what was read today? Melissa P. Melissa. Crystal P. Crystal P. Trisha. Trisha C. Or a quiet group on Thursday. Anyone else? Press star one. Teresa F. Teresa Hi, is it F? Yes, F is in freedom. F is in freedom. Jackie, what's the first initial of your last name, please? R. R. Perfect. All right, let's go ahead with that group. We have Melissa P. followed by Crystal P. And then Trisha C., Teresa F., and Jackie R. Good morning to you, Melissa. Good morning, Jen. Thank you so much for taking the meeting. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Melissa P., recovered compulsive overeater today. Thank you, God. Um, you know, desperate experiment. I remember having gastric bypass at the age of 23. I weighed 360 pounds, and I thought that there was more life to be lived outside of being everybody's best friend and the funny girl and killing myself every day with food. In every single diet, right, every single attempt had never worked before. So I went under the knife so young and so not knowing. Um, and when I think about all my desperate experiments, I remember two weeks after surgery, after just getting off of a liquid diet, puking up on the side of the road all the McDonald's that I had to think that I had to eat, right? Because why? Because for me, when I don't have that warm blanket of the food, and if I don't have the warm blanket of my higher power, I am raw out here in this crazy world. And uh, I was raw. I hadn't had, you know... I hadn't had that warm blanket of food, and I thought, that's what I needed. I would feel better, and I would be okay if I just had it once. And there I am on the side of the highway, vomiting up blood, vomiting up McDonald's, with cars going by me at 75 miles per hour. You know, and we talk about the different rooms and, like, how people could have killed themselves different ways. Well, that would be, that would be one of the ways that I probably could have died in the food that very day. Um, you know, and that, the handcuffs of this disease, you know, and that twisted thinking as the weight started to come off, uh, it was still there, right? Like the abusive spouse in the partner or in the corner that, you know, tells me I'm pretty on one day and then beats the crap out of me the next. That's, that's the thinking that comes with my disease. And, uh, you know, it took me a while. It took me a while. Ten years of that, up and down, up and down, 
to find my way here. And, you know, they say it all the time, and I, and I see that now. I'm grateful for those experiences because maybe that's you right now that's listening. It, but also, like, that's me, and I need that reminder. I need to get on this line and remind myself that I'm a compulsive overeater and that I do have that mental twist that will grab my arm some days and tell me that it's okay. You haven't had these in a while. And that's when I need to, to get centered and use my tools and get to, you know, my higher power and all of you. Um, so hopefully today, no desperate experiments, but that, that runs out tonight and I got to start at this again tomorrow. So um, I appreciate all of you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Melissa. And where are you calling in from today, my friend? I am calling from Buffalo. Buffalo. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Up next, we have Crystal P. followed by Tricia C. Good morning, Crystal P. Morning, Jen. Hi, this is Crystal P., compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Uh, What stood out to me is the line, you know, the sort of thinking that dominates an alcoholic. Um, And I realized what this paragraph tells me is that food didn't make me crazy. The insanity was already inside me. In fact, once I put down the food, I can feel that insanity, that insane thinking even more clearly. Without the food, my mind is it's just an intolerable place. Like even this week after three years of abstinence, you know, somebody in my life is not behaving the way I want them to behave. And my mind is off to the races. It's like spinning or like a hamster wheel, you know, running in circles. Logic is out the window. I have no perspective. Everything is about me. Everything is a catastrophe. And here are all the things I've tried that just don't work. I've, I've tried reading about the right type of thinking. I've tried had, having other people tell me what the right thinking is. I've tried berating myself for not having the right thinking. And none of those help. None of those actually change my thinking. And for today, all I can do is accept that this is how my thinking is. I'm just having an alcoholic reaction to a normal situation. And I expect nothing less from myself. All I can do is allow God to slowly over time change my thinking by working the steps every day. And by, you know, working the steps and doing step 10s and that won't make, always make me feel better. Sometimes the discomfort is still there. Um, my thinking doesn't change immediately. I don't get snapped into right thinking immediately. Sometimes I do, but many times I don't, especially when it's old patterns from, long, you know, from many years. But what it means is I won't self-destruct for today. And over time, slowly my thinking will change. It'll get sculpted into the right thinking. And slowly my tolerance to life will increase over time. It just won't happen immediately because I'm an alcoholic. So I'm really grateful because without this program, I have no other solution. My only solution is food, and that will kill me. So I'm grateful today to have a solution that will work over time, even if I don't feel the immediate effect today. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Crystal. Up next, we have Tricia C. followed by Teresa F. Good morning. Uh, thank you for your morning. service. I'm Tricia C., a chronic non-recoverer, recovered by the grace of God from New Hampshire. I always say chronic non-recoverer, not relapser, because relapse implies recovery, you know, and I just kept going out while working the steps. For seven years, I went out while working the steps and before I finally accepted the entirety of this program. And it says, what sort of thinking dominates? And I'm like, thinking thinking is my whole problem. My mind is the problem. And that's the bad news for me. 
because everything goes through my mind. I mean, I was a grazer. I ate all day long until I felt sick and I'd be so demoralized and despairing. I needed something to save me from how bad I felt from eating. And, you know, what did I do? Of course, I went back to the food to feel better. And that's, that's the definition of insanity. So I finally called a sweet fellow and then I called a woman who became my sponsor and I basically said, um, I don't want to die, but I want to be dead right now. I want to be dead. Uh, my anxiety and depression were at a 10 out of 10 and I couldn't breathe. So I told my husband he may have to check me into the psych ward. I really needed help. I believe now, you know, that it was the running of the food for running to the food for ease and comfort that drove my anxiety and depression that I'd had my whole life. I was at the mercy of the food. I say this a lot, but, you know, it says in, in the book that food was my master and I can't serve two masters, food or God, me or God. God is either everything or he's nothing. If God's in the north and food's in the south, when I turn to the food, I literally turn my back on God. But God is the one with all the strength, inspiration, and direction. So now I turn to God and I turn my back on the food and on ego and on self. You know, it says in the book, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of all our problems. Well, self is also in the South. So uh, if I try to satisfy self, then I, try to, then I turn my back on God. So the choice is mine. When I'm disturbed, am I going to turn to food or God, to me or God? So I'll just end with this. When people ask me all the time why I could recover this time, and I truly believe what the book says, God is either everything or he's nothing. What was my choice to be? Uh, on page 45, it says, the main object of this book is to enable you to, to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. God has the answer, and he is the answer. So this book showed me how to be rid of self so I can be open to re receive strength, inspiration, and direction from the sunlight of the spirit. I just say yes, please. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Tricia. Up next, we have Teresa F., followed by Jackie R. Good morning to you, Teresa. Good morning. This is Teresa F., calling from North Carolina. Um, I'm recovered. Um, I'm a binge eater and bulimic, and uh, I've been in the rooms in various forms of OA for um, 16 years, and very grateful for this meeting, very grateful for Vision for You and everyone's service and just everything that technology can provide us, especially right now. Um, this paragraph just recalled and just got my memory working. And even when it says friends of reason with him after a spree, you know, I was so isolated in what I did with the food. Um, I had a life, but my thing with the food, that was me isolating. So I was the friend who was reasoning with myself after a spree, just completely, you know, not understanding what was going on. Um, and, and so what the, the two seasons that I remember were right before I got into LA and, I was beginning to realize, like, I think I'm a robot. I mean, what is going on? Like, if there was something on the counter or in the pantry or whatever, it, it had to be me, you know, reading or whatever it was that I was distracting myself with, watching something and going back to get more and more and more of the thing until it was finished. And um, I began to realize, like, there's something that's making me in able to have any control over this, you know, um, and um 
I think that was setting, God was setting me up to understand what the 12 steps were because I knew nothing about OA or any, any A. Uh, and then it just plopped into my lap when I just cried out and said, I just, I can't live like this anymore. But I didn't have a higher power. I had no, no power and, and no interest in, in, in a higher power. But um, the, the step work just transformed me and uh, I have the highest power now. So it's amazing. But I also remember that I, I relapsed a lot or as someone said, you know, just, got out of recovery um, because I did not hit the bottom with my trigger foods. And because I had experienced a conscious contact with this higher power, uh, when I would step out into the insanity of that first, you know, desperate experiment of that first bite again, and, and I would say to myself, maybe I can have it this way. Maybe I can have it this way. Maybe I can do the sugar-free this, or maybe I can do the, you know, whatever. But no, the whole bag had to be eaten or the whole thing or, you know, um, I would eat perfectly in front of other people, but, you know, isolating, it was, it was the binging and, uh, and the purging, which I also had no control over. But I remember in that next season going like, I really need that conscious contact back. I really want to get back to you. And it wasn't until I was so frank and so um, honest with this high, with my higher power, with God, I just said, I, I, I want the food more than I want you. I'm, I'm so sorry. Please, I, I know about you now, and I know you're going to be patient. I know you love me, but I, I'm so sorry that I want the food more. And, and, you know, I got into it, and it was horrible, and it was back and forth, um, you know, uh, hitting the food and, and just hating it. And just because I really was, I really was disconnected from, from the higher power. And so that was the next season that got me to the bottom with the with the sugar food so um anyway that's all i would like to to share this morning but this is just memory is so much better than forgettery so uh thank you for letting me share uh-huh. my thank you Teresa. all right up next we have jackie r hi hi my there jackie hi my name is jackie can you hear me go right ahead my name is Jackie, and I'm a compulsive eater from Gloucester, Massachusetts. And um, when I read this, when we were reading this this morning, it, when the questions came up, why does he? And it's like the answer came to my mouth. Well, what do you mean, why does he? He's sick. He has a disease. And how he's acting and what he's doing is caused by wrong thinking emotionally distraught and that it, it it is a disease like if you have a cold you sneeze you blow your nose you cough well a person um, who has this disease has certain characteristics that go along with it and one is that they are mentally deranged uh, I am mentally deranged and um, when it said of what is he thinking Well, all I can say to that is that I was escaping. It was like I was caught and I was escaping from reality. Um, The relief uh, came from um, negative, the relief from negative emotions um, came pouring in, or I thought it did, but it really didn't. Um, What I did a lot, too, I was I was in private. I, I was doing things behind closed doors. I was a sneak. I was stealing. I was lying. I was cheating. I was manipulating, or I thought I was. Um, 
do what I want, and if I'm not caught, it doesn't count. Is that sick? It is. I'm so glad that I know that that was part of the thinking that was going on. And um, I was lying to myself and um, as well as to others. But that thing kept on coming up. If you don't get caught, it doesn't count. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie R. All right, we have time for two more shares. Go ahead and press star one if you'd like to share with us today. Barb W. Carmela G. W. And Carmela G. Perfect. Thanks, ladies. Go ahead, Barb. Hi, Barb W. Naperville, Illinois, a recovering compulsive overeater. What strikes me about this paragraph is it's four sentences. Three of them end with a question mark. And the middle one has the word mystified in the, in the body of it. And that was me. That's me still. But the confusion, if I were to ask myself, why, 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 I didn't have an answer. It was a shrug of my shoulders and it was a huge blind spot, blind spot like driving. And then it's such a relief to read the first step. We admitted we were powerless. And then like, oh, dash, my life is unmanageable. Wow, it's in print. Someone else must feel that way too. And so admitting, my friend Webster, admit to permit to enter, to let in. And it's like it's been standing there all along, this reality. But to stop long enough and admit it and let it in was a huge relief. Like it demystified. Like there's a lot of questions to be answered and guidance to be found. But admitting to permit to enter, to acknowledge, confess, to give entrance. So I think of, I didn't have, I, I, I don't have willpower. I, I thought I had won't power that never worked. I won't eat, I won't eat, I won't eat. And it's not, it's not willpower, but the willpower just to stop and admit. And it's the demystification of, uh, I, have, I have a big life problem. And food is in there, but it's a life problem. So I'm really grateful to be here, and I'm grateful for the steps and the traditions. Thank you all for being here every day, and I pass. Thanks, Barb W. Up next, we have Carmela G. Good morning to you, Carmela. Good morning. Thank you so much, Jen, for your service and for everyone on the line today. My name is Carmela G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. What sort of thinking dominates... Well, what sort of thinking dominated this addict was self-reliance, arrogance. You can do it. There's nothing wrong. You can handle it. Me, 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 self, 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 and I could do it all. And if you didn't like it, I didn't have to hide. If you didn't like it, it was your problem. So don't look at me. That's what dominated my six decades of life was ugly. Only until I stopped lying and that thinking that I could do it. Only when I allowed my higher power to work in me and opened up and faced the reality 
that I was sick and work these steps. That was my only way out because I will always have this insane mind. Sure, I put down the food. I got the abstinence and the weight came off. But the mental obsession will remain. The thinking will remain. And only by working these steps every single day through my higher power do I get the knowledge, the strength to put one foot in front of the other in the right direction instead of in my direction. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carmela. All right, that leaves a couple minutes on the clock for a quick two-minute share. Anyone have a burning desire? Hello, to share Phil Ann. Today, hi, Phil. Go right ahead. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, he was led to the desperate experiment, you know, and um, brought him to the point of divorce and bankruptcy. Well, I ended up separating from my husband. He ended up having a, a drink issue, and would ask him, you know, why? Why did you do that? And I might as well have asked myself, why was I doing what I was doing, you know, calling into shops that I was asking God, please, please, please don't let me stop here. The car would be driving in. It was as if somebody else was driving. I would be going up and down the aisles and I would maybe have said like three pounds, five pounds maximum. And it's amazing the junk he can buy for that amount of money. And I came out and I kept eating. There wasn't any thought uh, in it at all. I was possessed. I was obsessed. I was powerless, I was depressed, I was desperate, I was self-loathing. And when we're self-loathing, we can't be loving other people or other things. And I was always expecting that the next bite would do the magic, that it would meet that need, it would fill the hole in the soul, which I didn't know what it was I needed, but I needed something or someone. But really what I needed was a spiritual experience, and I needed to come to this program. And today I need to up my program. Yesterday I was listening to the recorded meeting of the 10 o'clock meeting and I was playing um, a word game and um, thinking I was listening, but I wasn't. And I heard somebody talking about, did that get you to the gym? What word was I looking at on the board at the time was gym. And I just thought, higher power, you're telling me here. I've got to pay attention. And so I paid attention today and and. And I'm here and I'm sharing. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to, to up my game, up my program. I need it. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. All right. Well, thank you, Philomena. Appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who shared and who joined the meeting today. Please join us for a second hour unrecorded study immediately following the close. The share ID for today, Thursday, February 4th, 2021. 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 16,332. That's 16332. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Janice PM please read A Vision for You? <laughs> Certainly will, Jen. You can hear me okay. Can you? Yes, ma'am. Go right ahead. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, my name is Janice P.M. and I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him 
in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely miss some of us. You surely, <laughs> and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass. Uh-huh.